Right now on Tuesdays, it's time for Dr. History and brought to you by Minicasha Sales at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. Zach and the whole crew serving you at Minicasha Sales. And I might also say... This little budding uh, a teenager, he looks like a teenager, was born 66 years ago on this New Year's Day coming up. He is a New Year's Day baby, complete with all the depends and everything else. Here he is, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How you doing today? Happy birthday to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. How, how does it feel to be that old? You know, I just like you said, I still feel like a teenager. What can I say? I guess I know the answer to that. I passed it already. Yes. Happy New Year. Thank you, and you too. I'm looking forward to another year, 2016. And uh, Dr. History has grown in popularity, what, 100 and how many countries? About 112 countries, over really? 400,000 hits on our webpage, and... Uh, a lot of people in South America, China, uh, Europe. It just amazes me the the countries uh, where we're getting hits, uh, people listening. And it's basically because of the program being kind of centered around history of the Old West. I think people, uh, a lot of people are really fascinated with the Old West and the Cowboys, the Indians. And, yeah. and that's kind of where we fit that slot. Yeah. Okay, so, now you've got a year-end story for us. This is going to be a story. And then we're going to talk about some other things. Uh, to kind of uh, summarize, I guess, the year, so to speak. This is a guy that his name just says Mountain Man Trapper. Okay. Jedediah Smith. Oh, I heard of him. Yeah. Yep. I mean, his name just, you know, you, you just think Mountain Man. So, anyway, he was born actually in 1799, mm-hmm. so over 200 years ago. Now, he came uh, from two God-fearing New England families and was personally taught by Methodist circuit preachers. Around 1810, Smith's father, who owned a general store, allegedly was caught using counterfeit money. Now, this wasn't too good for the family's reputation, so to protect his family, the elder Smith moved his family west to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Now, it was here that Jedediah got a copy of Lewis and Clark's 1814 journal to the Pacific. And they say that he carried this journal, Lewis and Clark's journal, on all of his travels throughout the American West. i got a question for you right there. You know you hate my interruption with questions. Okay. But you said a copy of the journal. Now, that would not necessarily be easy at those times to obtain, would it? Well, actually, it says an 1814 journal. Oh. So I don't know if he actually had the original. I see. Uh, I, I don't know that. Okay. Right. Well, actually, it does. It says a copy. As I look back, it says a copy. So by 1814, evidently, they had made some copies of, it, of their journal. Oh, my God. So he carried that with him, which probably helped him uh, as he traveled throughout the West. Okay. So 1822, Jedediah is 23 years old by now. He traveled to St. Louis and responded to an advertisement in the Missouri Gazette placed by a General William H. Ashley. Now, Ashley and Major Andrew Henry, these two guys were pretty uh, prominent in the West as far as uh, trapping. But they were partners, partner owners of the American Fur Company. Now, according to the ad, General Ashley was looking for enterprising young men to explore the Missouri River and engage in the fur trade business in the Rocky Mountains. 
Well, Jedediah, uh, kind of an imposing guy, six foot tall, blue eyed, 23 year old with, uh, as they described, a commanding presence. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it impressed General Ashley to hire him. So Ashley initially led the expedition and Jedediah got his first glimpse of the frontier. Uh, coming out west, he con- he got in contact with the Sioux, uh, the Arikara tribes, but Jedediah finally reached the Fort Arikara under the control of Major Andrew Henry at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains on the Yellowstone River. Now, on his first expedition up the Missouri River, he learned to trap beaver and to hunt buffalo. Now, okay, so a year later, you can tell what kind of a guy he is, because a year later, 1823, he became a leader of Ashley's men. And Jedediah took a beaver trapping party and explored the Rocky Mountains south of the Yellowstone River. Now, we're going to kind of get into our country here in a little bit. Pretty close. Yeah. So, in 1824, Smith launched an exploratory expedition to find a route through the Rocky Mountains. Now, Smith was able to retrieve information from some Crow Indians. And when communicating with the Crows, one of Smith's men actually made a unique map using a buffalo hide and sand. Hmm. Now, I don't know how they used the sand on that, but somehow... They had to glue it on the paper somehow, didn't they? I don't know, but uh, the crows were able to show Jedediah and his men the direction to the South Pass, uh, which Jedediah and his men crossed through this pass in the Rocky Mountains and were able to reach the Green River and what is now Utah. And then from 1824 to 1825, Jedediah and his men explored the Rocky Mountains and trapped the Green River, the Bear River, the Snake River... Uh, Clark's Fork, and I'm guessing, I know some of them came clear down to this area here. Really? Hunting for, uh, yeah, beaver. Okay. But uh, anyway, in 1825, Smith actually became partners with uh, William Ashley. Now, the rediscovery of the South Pass from the Crow Indians was a very important step because this was the fastest and most direct route to get to the Rocky Mountains and into California. Hmm. So, now, this might be a good spot because I got a. You know, I got a question there, though, because it amazes me. Uh, when you look at old westerns, whether they're of the vintage of the mountain man or whether it's the old cowboy westerns or w- maybe it's a, a cattle drive, and they say go north until you hit Abilene. Well, you can go north a lot of times. How are you going to find just Abilene or how are you going to find something without a map or without having better coordinates? You know what I'm trying to say? Right. right. And like I said, I, I think Jedediah maybe got some direction from Lewis and Clark. Oh. And then he was friends with the Indians. Wow. So, and the Indians obviously knew the country. Absolutely. Well, we'll have so. more with Dr. History in just a moment. Don't forget Minicash's sales at 1321 East Main Street and Burley Zach, the whole crew, and they wish to you and yours a very happy new year. Don't forget for all your remodeling needs, they've got all the lumber, they've got everything over there, including the great western windows. And if you're upgrading your windows to save on heating and or cooling bills in the summer, western windows are the best. Stop in and see them for what your needs are. They've got carpet, they've got vinyl, they've got it all for you at Minicasha Sales. Wonderful, wonderful people serving you at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport, and we're very blessed to have them as the main sponsor of Dr. History. You know, when you think of the mountain men, we have talked about how tough and enduring these guys were to Absolutely. put up with everything. Absolutely. And this is what I'm going to lead into this. 
Smith was often recognized by a significant facial scarring due to a grizzly bear attack along the Cheyenne River. Mm. In 1824, while looking for the Crow tribe to obtain fresh horses and get westward directions, Jedediah was stalked and attacked by a huge grizzly bear. Oh, boy. This huge bear jumped and tackled Jedediah to the ground. His ribs were broken, and members of his party witnessed Smith actually fighting this big old grizzly. Well, where were the other guys? <laughs> they were watching. Oh, boy. Good <laughs> great, friends to have. help. Yeah. So this bear ripped open his side with his claws, took his head in his mouth. The bear suddenly retreated, and the men ran to help Smith. Now, why it retreated? Yeah, but let me ask you right there, Dr. History. There's a, another man, and I forgot his name right now. Hugh it's Glass. A, Hugh Glass. And yes. uh, is it Blass or Glass? Glass. Glass, like in Window. Right. And that is the character that the new movie that's coming out with Leonardo DiCaprio called The Revenant. Right. And I'm curious to see how that compares with the actual story. Yeah, really. But Jedediah, like I say, he was just ripped open and, uh, like I say, the bear tree retreated. So <laughs> they found his scalp and ear was nearly ripped off, but oh he, he convinced a friend, a guy named Jim Kleiman, to sew it loosely back on, giving him directions. Loosely? Loosely. Why loosely? I don't know why loosely, but I don't know. Maybe for uh, allow for swelling or something. But oh, here in ear, ear there in ear, everywhere <laughs> yeah. in ear. So the trappers got some water, they bound up his broken ribs, they cleaned his wounds, and after recuperating from his bloody wounds and broken ribs, Jedediah wore his hair kind of long to cover this large scar, which went from his eyebrow clear over to his ear. From his eyebrow to clear, his ear. I don't know which side, but it was, uh, I mean, I'm sure they, the stitching wasn't exactly of the professional uh, uh, method, you know? Yeah. Just a, a needle and thread. I wonder what kind of thread it was. That's a good question, and, and I'm guessing it was probably just maybe good old sewing thread. They didn't have the stitches stuff. Hopefully it wasn't a piece of rawhide. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. We're into 1826 now. Um, he's about 27 years old. And uh, William Ashley retired from the fur trade, and in kind of a complicated arrangement, he sold his share to the newly created firm of Jedediah Smith, David Jackson, and William Sublet. And we've heard the Sublet name around here. Isn't that the same person they named Sublet after? Yes. I thought yep. so. So Smith and Company proceeded to make two expeditions to California in 1826 and 1827, and the excursion went clear into deep into Mexican territory. And this was unauthorized. This was not legal for them to go into there without permission from the Mexican government. But yeah. they did it. So anyway, in his first trip, Smith party followed the Colorado River deep into the west in search of, of new hunting grounds. And as they were going along, they were actually attacked by a group of Mojave Indians. And they lost several men. But they found shelter and actually found a friendly Mojave, Mojave village that uh, took care of the men while they recuperated. I see. Now, at this point, Smith asked for permission to travel north to the Columbia River, where uh, Paz could quickly take his party back into the United States territory. And remember, this is 200 years ago. Yeah. So by early May 1827, Smith and his party had accumulated about 1,500 pounds of beaver. Now, getting these furs to the Mountain Man Rendezvous near Great Salt Lake was a problem. I would they imagine. They had a long ways to go. Yeah. Now, he had traveled 350 miles north, but had seen no break in the wall of the Sierra. So he was on the west side. So he turned up the rugged canyon of what would later be called the American River, and the snow was too deep. 
uh, he had uh, completed his crossing uh, uh, this far north, but uh, at this point, if he had gone there, he would have gone through Lake Tahoe and that area where I think it would be Donner Pass. Right. But he wasn't able to make that. So they headed back south, and uh, but they still had heavy snow, and uh, it, but it was rough. He. Jedediah took only two men with him with some extra horses, and they became this epic crossing of the Sierra Nevadas. Now, his plan was to get to the rendezvous as quickly as he could and return to his California trapping party with more men later that year. Now, after crossing the Sierra Nevada, Smith continued east across central Nevada. Now, you and I have traveled across Nevada. Many times. There is nothing out there. Well, occasionally. (laughs) Yeah, maybe a jackrabbit. Just dropped in to say hello. (laughs) So he crossed this difficult route, which was known as the Great Basin, and one of the guys, Robert Evans, uh, one of his guys collapsed, couldn't go any farther. Yeah. So Jed and this other guy, they left Evans and pressed on. They uh, left him there. Shortly, uh, they got to the foot of a mountain and they found some water. So Jed went back and rescued Evans, and the three of them eventually reached the Great Salt Lake. Wow! Now, local, now whereabouts was this? This was across Nevada somewhere. I'm not sure. I wonder if that sounds like almost Wendover area. Yeah, or anywhere through that yeah. Ely, maybe Wells, Wells yeah. some of those areas. Yeah, so they they made it to the Great Salt Lake, and anyway, the local Indians told him that the whites were gathered further north at the Little Lake, which actually is called is Bear Lake. Bear Lake. So the three explorer, explorers reached the rendezvous on July third, and the mountain men celebrated Jed's arrival with a cannon salute. Now wait a minute, though. When you think about that, they're in Salt Lake. They'd never been in this area before, right? Well, yeah, I I don't know for sure. And somebody says, well, just go north. Well, you could go north and end up in Canada and not (laughs) hit Bear Lake, for heaven's sakes. That's true. They must have had a little better direction. Yeah. But the thing that was interesting is uh, they saluted his arrival with a cannon salute. And this was the first vehicle ever brought this far west uh, on wheels. So he must have been a pretty popular guy. I guess. Among the mountain men. Either that or they were shooting at him, one of the (laughs) two. But they'd actually giving him up for lost. They thought he was gone because he was so late getting to the rendezvous. Wow. So anyway, Smith returned to California the next year with 18 men and two women, and they followed the Colorado River and the Mojave Desert route, And he, which he, he knew this pretty well by now. He, he was familiar. But at the Colorado River, the party was attacked again by the Mojave Indians, and at, out of his 18 men, it killed 10 of the men, and they took the women uh, as slaves oh, or whatever. Okay. But anyway, Smith and his party remained in California. They hunted in the Sacramento Valley for several months before heading north along the Pacific coast to use the Columbia River uh, to return to their headquarters. Now, Jedediah became the first explorer to reach the Oregon country overland by traveling up the California coast. Now, have you ever dr- driven down that Oregon yes. California? The trees and the the yeah. mountains. It's I, rough country. I mean, I don't know how they made it, yeah. really, uh, going up through that area. Yep. But anyway, in the Oregon country, Smith's party fell into a conflict with some Indians over a stolen axe. And this is with the Umpqua people. A stolen axe? A stolen axe. Now, Smith's party had threatened to execute the man that they accused of stealing the axe. Oh, my. Now, later, Smith's groups was attacked, and 15 of Smith's 19 men were killed. 
No, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought he was down to eight men. Well, this was the next. Uh, he must have picked up some more. He, Mickey Mouse Club, got some more. <laughs> he got some more guys. Okay. So 15 of Smith's 19 men were killed. This left four. But they managed to reach the Hudson's Bay Company at Fort Vancouver. Wow. Now, that's all the way up that Oregon coast. Wow. That, that's a long ways. Yeah, it is. How long did it take them? Well, just that uh, year, because the next year, 1829, uh, they're going again. They're going again. So he personally organized a fur trade expedition into the Blackfeet Territory, and Smith was able to capture a good a good cache of beaver this time uh, before they actually were attacked by the Blackfeet Indians. Oh, my goodness. Now, this so, is up towards Montana, right? Yeah, this has got to be up where the Blackfeet are. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even into Idaho. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Smith, uh, in 1831, became involved in a supply trade known as the Commerce of the Prairies. And Smith was leading supply wagons for the Rocky Mountain Fur Company on the Santa Fe Trail. Now, this is where it gets a little bit uh, fuzzy. Okay, In May of 1831, he left the group to scout for water. He never returned to the group. Jedediah. Jedediah. Okay. The remainder of the party proceeded on to Santa Fe, hoping Smith would meet them there, but he never arrived. Now, a short time later, members of a trading party discovered a Mexican merchant at the Santa Fe market offering several of Smith's personal belongings Uh for sale. I see. Well, they questioned him, and he said he had gotten them from a band of Comanche hunters. Now, wait a minute. The Comanches, they were way down in Texas, weren't they? Yeah, south. Yeah. Santa Fe. Yeah. They're down there. Right. Well... So what happened uh, later came out. Jedediah was looking for water for his 1831 expedition when he came upon an estimated 15 to 20 Comanches. Okay. And this is the story that was told. There was a brief face-to-face standoff until the Comanches scared his horse and shot him in the left shoulder. After gasping from the injury, Jedediah wheeled his horse around and with one rifle shot was able to kill their chief. Really? The Comanches then rushed on Jedediah, and by this time he didn't have time to use his pistols. They stabbed him to death with lances. Now, Austin Smith, Jedediah's brother, was able to retrieve Jedediah's rifle and pistols that the Indians had taken and traded to the Mexican trader. Holy cow. So, but Now, wait a minute. Stop, stop. Right there, a question comes up as to the brother, you said? Yes, Austin. Went and got the guns? From the, that the Mexican had traded from the Comanches. I see. So, okay. but uh, characteristics of this guy, he was not your typical mountain man. No. He, had a, he uh, followed the Methodist practice. Uh, Smith was known to be a reserved, pious man who often read the Bible. He meditated and prayed. Smith never boasted, and having a stern personality only rarely was known to have a sense of humor. Interesting kind of a character. And another thing, unlike contemporary mountain men, Smith never smoked, got drunk, or used profanity. And he was known for his systematic recorded observations of the land and nature. Now, did he keep uh, notes on his travels? He, he did, but and I don't know where those are or if, you know, if they're preserved somewhere. I would yeah. hope they are. Yeah. Uh, but this is, I, I, I'm hoping, is from some of it his It would have been writings. really interesting to read the last entry that says, I'm surrounded by 30 in... That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the end. Yeah, the end. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
you know, it, while traveling overland through the American West, I know we're about out of time on this story, and I'm about done here, but his uh, policy with the Indians was to maintain friendly relations right. with gifts and exchanges. But if he, he felt it was necessary to have a show of force against a hostile Indian tribe, sometimes he would actually kill an Indian if if it came to that. So the old story or theory that if you shoot the chief, the other ones will run away, that didn't happen. They got madder. At yeah, they, yeah, they really yeah. got yeah. mad. But his reluctance to kill the American Indians was due to his Methodist faith and training, and he held kind of the contemporary belief that Indians weren't intellectually as smart as 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 people well they thought. hadn't had the opportunity for education right but you know if you think about it in his lifetime smith tr- would travel more extensively in unknown territory than any other single mountain man he traveled in the central rockies down to arizona the mojave desert into california into mexico california all uh, amazing journeys now you take like this and then the story of uh, you mentioned his name Hugh glass Hugh glass and then also jeremiah johnson right uh, like of similarities there is a lot of that just uh, folklore no i uh, from my studies the things that i have read and studied these men were amazing men yeah uh, and oftentimes by themselves uh, and again oftentimes too a mountain man would disappear like jedediah did the first time and they just thought he was dead and yeah. would never know what happened to him well look at hugh glass the story there i mean i'm really i don't often recommend movies but i have talked to some of my friends down in california that are in the motion picture business and they have told me that uh, this story that they put together called the revenant about uh, the life of hugh glass is exceptionally well done I hope they mentioned Jim Bridger. Okay, because, we'll see. Because Hugh was left with two men to watch him until he died. Yeah. Jim Bridger and... He was one of them. He was one that stay, was supposed to stay with yeah. him. And I think, I want to say Fitzgerald or... Some, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Or Fitz, yeah, something like that. They yeah. left him. They left. And took all of his stuff. Yep, yep. They gave him his up. His gun, yep. his knife, everything.